Welcome to Fight Strike number three. This is the UFC Wichita wrap-up and Fight Night 147 preview. I'm Jason. I'm Kevin. And we are back at it. Let's take a look at what's going on. First, we're going to look at uh, what happened last weekend with UFC Fight Night 146, which was the also known as UFC Wichita. But first, before we dive into that, I want to uh, throw out the news of the week. Conor McGregor arrested in Miami. What do you think of that, Kevin? Yeah, it's a, a crazy story, and I don't think that we know all that much. The victim um, kind of came out and said his side of the story, but of course anything Conor McGregor is going to be big news, and it's going to transcend MMA. So it's, I think, definitely the, uh, you could say, the biggest news of the week for MMA. And um, the way I understand it, he was coming out of a, <clears throat> the rep- I think he was coming out of a club in a hotel in Miami. It's weird how all the stories say uh, he was walking out of this uh, hotel at 5 a.m., which also has this club. Um, they, I, I think they're trying to be careful and not saying that's exactly where he was coming from. But um, as uh, we were talking about before the podcast, I did read an interesting article, I thought, uh, Michael Bisbing giving his take on the uh, Conor McGregor story, saying the uh, guy, the alleged victim, who Connor knocked his phone out of his hand and uh, stomped it and picked it up and walked away with it. Uh, thinks the the guy who's pressing charges is a uh, dick. <laughs> and uh, basically his reasoning is like, look, you know, you're one of the most famous people in the world right now. You're walking out of a club. You're probably a little bit drunk. And, you know, this guy wants to take a picture. And you're like, nah, you know, can I just shake your hand and chat with you? Don't really want a picture going uh, around about me walking out of a club at 5 a.m. So that's kind of Michael Bisbing's take on it. And I think he's might be on to something that that's in my opinion, likely what happened, you know, Connor didn't want his picture taken. This guy was probably, you know, uh, wanting to get a picture of Connor coming out to throw up on his Instagram or his Facebook or whatever, get a bunch of likes and, you know, get his 15 minutes of fame. And he ended up getting his 15 minutes of fame for way. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta think that uh, there's probably no good guys in this thing. You know, Connor's kind of a hothead anyway, and uh, that doesn't doesn't make him wrong. But everywhere he goes, he's he's going to attract a lot of attention. Um, you know, I'm sure uh, where every every time he walks outside, he gets a, a bunch of people snapping pictures and things like that. I can see how that kind of be annoying. At the same time, you can't go slapping things out people's no. hands and, and no. uh so it's it's and and when you're somebody like uh that level of notoriety you, you got to be aware you know you, you people are gonna gonna do that you got to protect yourself so um be smart and uh like uh who was i can't remember some some famous basketball coach i can't remember which one was said uh said like nothing good happens after midnight <laughs> something yeah. like that <laughs> so yeah it might even been earlier but yeah don't uh just mm, you, you got enough money you can stock your own bar but no uh, whatever so yeah that's the kind of uh you know you <clears throat> as a as a connor fan obviously you know when these stories come out i'm like come you know i just i hope that he doesn't fall victim to the too much fame too early too much money because he did blow up in a relatively short amount of time and he did get extremely wealthy in a relatively short amount of time and with the new whiskey that he has 
Um, he's, uh, like Dana White said, I think that, you know, he's predicting that this whiskey is going to make him a billionaire. So he's got definitely more money than he knows what to do with. And, um, I hope he just doesn't fall prey to the traps that tend to, um, be out there for people who get too much fame too soon and too much money. Uh, I hope he, I hope he can stay grounded and I know he's, he's got a couple of kids now, so hopefully that helps to keep him grounded and, you know, clean. Yeah. And yeah, he's like you said, this guy has got enough money now. He doesn't need to fight. Um, he's got enough money that his grandchildren don't ever need to work a day in their lives. Uh, should, should, should uh, he ever be lucky enough to have them? But, uh, right. Yeah. Stay, stay out of the, stay out of the bad news, Connor. We, we love to see you in the ring. Um, and, uh, do, do something good instead of partying at bars all night. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right, well, let's take a look at what happened last week at UFC Wichita. Um, we, I think we pretty much made the same picks down the line on that one. We did. Um, we were four for four. Um, we all picked, or we both picked um, the same fighter to come out victorious in every single fight. Um, we were only wrong on one. We were only wrong in the main event, but otherwise we were uh, three and one. We almost had a clean sweep. Uh, it was, it was, a, a, a we came out ahead on, on this one. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, that's, you know, I think we're, we're shaking off the rust from our long layoff between podcasts. So, uh, let's look at the first one we had Ivanov versus Rothwell. And this was the, uh, the so-called, uh, perhaps controversial part. Cause even though we made the right pick uh, officially, uh, Ivanov gets a decision win. Uh, there was some controversy about that one. Uh, there was. Uh, Ivanov gets the decision win, and um, it was a close fight. In the interest of full disclosure, I, I tried watching this. I, my attention did lapse <laughs> some of the time. But, um, I, you know, I I think I thought that uh, Rothwell also won the fight. However, I don't think it's egregious really that they gave it to even off. Um, I don't, I, I'm not calling for highway robbery and, you know, um, Rothwell to appeal the decision. I don't know. If um, it's, you know, the age old, uh, uh, saying, don't let it to go to the hands of the judges. And, um, this one, like I said, the interest of full disclosure, I kind of had a hard time. Um, it wasn't really holding my attention. Um, but what I did watch, I thought that Rothwell did enough to get the win. Yeah, I, I thought I, I come out a little bit more strongly on this one than you. When, when I was watching the fight and they announced the decision, I was thinking, what the heck was that? So to me, it seemed like it was cl- just clean cut, an easy decision. I was expecting Rothwell's hand to be be raised on that. And uh, the way I looked, maybe the first round um, w- was uh, a toss up. But I thought that he had the second, third round uh, easily. And, um, and, but then looking back at the fight stats, I guess the fight stats seemed a bit closer, uh, than what I watched just observing it, but still, uh, I, I really think that Rothwell was robbed on that one. I think a lot played into, to, um, that played into it where it, it looks like, you know, um, Rothwell did way more than the stats actually show as he was pressing forward the majority, if not all of the time. And he had even off, you know, on his heels and circling the cage and uh, kind of retreating. So, I mean, in, in my opinion, in a close fight, 
uh, just that uh, general generalship generalmanship <laughs> of the ring should be enough to give you you know a, the the go ahead decision in in a close fight. Um, but yeah, you know it's uh, it, Rothwell was on I, I think a, a two year layoff. It was his first fight back, so um, hopefully that uh, knocks some ring rust on him uh, off of him, and uh, he he comes back and looks even more impressive in his next fight. Yeah, and, and that one I actually remember watching in the even the first round, thinking, "Man, Ivanov, the way he was, it was more than just backing up. It just looked to me that he was almost, I would say, almost afraid." of Rothwell, the way he was, it just looked to me that he did not want to engage. He did not want to get hit. Um, it, 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 just remember thinking of that and kind of thinking, wow, that's, this is not what I, the, the demeanor of what I expected even off to be in. Um, so that was, that was kind of strange. So maybe that played a bit into it. Cause like we said, when I, when we looked at the fight stats, you can make a case that he won the first round. Uh, but when I was watching it live, I thought Rothwell run, won the round. But it just all of it was because of the way he was backing up. So mm-hmm. that, that was a, a strange one. So and, and this is one, like I said, that I think um, Ivanov is. I said, you know, he reminded me of um, Fedor Emelianenko or even like a Daniel Cormier in, in the sense that he he really could make a lighter weight i think he could fight it definitely at light heavyweight um maybe you know depending on diet and uh you know getting down in a couple of fights he, i think he could even drop to middleweight um he he weighs in around 250 uh 255 um for fights and i, I think you know like i said there's there's definitely in my opinion um i know it's easier said than done but room for him to cut down to a lower weight um, because it did look like a pretty sizable size advantage for Ben Rothwell in that fight. I mean, he's Ben's a true heavyweight, and I think he's like six three, six four, uh, or even off is walking around at like five eleven. Some of those guys, some guys like fighting up at bigger weights and fighting bigger opponents. They're more comfortable doing that. He may be one of those guys, but like you said, to your point, uh, he sure didn't look it in this fight. No, he didn't. All right, let's take a look at the next fight. Uh, that was. Means versus Price, and in this one, we get a, a TK, TKO victory with Price. This was, a, I like this, this probably was my favorite fight of the night, um, even though it only went <clears throat> almost a full round, but just shy of a full round. Uh, a lot of action in this fight. I mean, they, I think they started off and Nico was getting the better of the striking first. Uh, Tim took him down, uh, kind of controlled him on the ground, got some good ground to pound in, and then uh, they went back to their feet. Uh, Tim Means, I thought, was winning the stand-up battle. He actually rocked Nico, I think, uh, right before he ended up getting knocked out. And it, it was pretty... I don't know why I catch these, but I saw that ankle um, when, when he got uh, knocked out. I, I saw something was wrong with it. He twisted it or whatever, and then that's all I was really looking at on the replay, and I could tell that, I mean, in football games, I see when things are... I catch. I tend to catch those before the announcers or anyone on TV catches on to them, which uh, is kind of a gift and a curse because I hate watching that. Yeah, it looks like he he had a little uh, nasty break on his uh, ankle. I think he even broke his leg. But um, good win for Nico. Um, I think this uh, uh, is uh, six or seven in a row for Nico. And um, I, I, next up, I'd like to see him fight a top ten opponent. 
and uh, you know, let's let's see where he stands after that. Yeah, I, I like seeing uh, seeing him. See, I would like to see him again. I, I see how that came out. That was, like I said, an entertaining fight, and, and you know, the means when he went down, he he did definitely fall awkwardly. Kind of saw that, and uh, I've seen that in, uh, in before in fights where you know, a guy gets knocked out and he, he falls and catches his leg. Uh, weird. So that was not pleasant to look at. So I hope uh, he recovers from that and, and come back. That this looks like a painful, uh, painful injury he's, he got there. Yes. And let me uh, let me take this coming off of a, a KO loss uh, from <laughs> UFC 228. So uh, I must be mixing up our fighters and the uh, um, uh, fight that we're prepping for for UFC 147. Nico Price is not on a five, six, seven streak. He's on a one fight win streak. Oh, well, he's turning things around. Yes. All right. <laughs> that okay. All right. The next one on the night was uh, Zaleski Dos Santos versus Melinder. Yeah, uh, Zaleski looked really good. Um, pretty much got this to the ground almost right away, and um, Melinder just didn't really have an answer for him. Um, Zaleski was able to do what he wanted on the ground and uh, get the uh, rear naked choke uh, in, in the um, first round. So uh, I think a pretty dominant win for Zaleski. And um, I think I'm mixing up my fights because I, I believe this is six. Or, <laughs> I think I was thinking of Zaleski. I got ahead of myself. Um, I think this is six or seven in a row for him. And um, he's the one who I'd like to see fight a top fight a top 10 uh, welterweight next um, and not Nico Price. So everything I said about the previous fight at the end about Nico Price, let's just copy and paste that and put that here. Right here. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a good one. Uh, it was a little bit you know, not as entertaining of a fight, I think, just because it was so dominant. I was a little bit disappointed in Melinda's mm-hmm. uh, performance on that. I uh, made that a lot bit, but uh, Dos Santos on that looked really good. He he um, he had it all together. He he did not to take anything away from um, Zaleski's win, but I think you're right. It did seem there was there's a um, something lacking there with a uh, Melender. Like I I don't know. I don't, don't want to say he was injured or anything like that, but he just kind of came out flat an uninspired performance. And, um, it, it makes you wonder, you know, was, did he not have a, did he have a bad weight cut or did he have a bad training camp or, you know, would, whatever, it seems like there's a little more, um, to the story than Zaleski just coming out and dominating. But, you know, that's, like I said, not to take anything away at all from Zaleski because that was an outstanding performance. All right. So the main event of the night was uh, Derek Lewis versus Junior Dos Santos. Uh, Lewis coming out with the TKO victory. This one was quite entertaining. This one, I would say, was my favorite of the night. Uh, Both fighters kind of hurt the other one uh, before Dos Santos finally comes out on top. And it seemed to me who just who was going to be the first to really connect that solid punch. Right. And I I think the story of this fight um, was the uh, the kick that Dos Santos landed to the midsection. And I like um, at first it looked like Lewis was playing possum. Dos Santos uh, Santos, uh, rushed in. Lewis caught him and 
Um, but he kept clutching that clutching his stomach. And I, I think that really hurt him. Um, he didn't look the same after that. And really, I, th- I thought in the fight that uh, Dos Santos did look more comfortable in the exchanges, even prior to landing that big kick. Um, but you can never count Derek Lewis out. He's, I've seen, you know, three, four, five fights of his where he's just kind of um, plays a human punching bag for, you know, the better part of two, three rounds and then comes back and lands that big shot and just puts someone to sleep. Um, so there's always that danger um, when you're fighting Derek Lewis. But, uh, yeah, I think, like I said, I think the um, the story of this fight was that big uh, um, kick that Dos Santos uh, landed on Lewis and um, hurt him and then ended up uh, in the next round able to put him away. TKO. Yeah, yeah that, that was something. He, uh, he was doubled over in pain and then he throws a haymaker that if, if it would have landed, I think those handles would have been out, but you know, he was fighting doubled over there for a while. So I, oh, yeah. I, I, I thought, Oh, he's hurt. Oh no, he's faking it. No, he's hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, the thing I have to say on this one, though, is I mean, I, uh, I don't like the heavyweights who have to cut weight to make 265. Mm-hmm. I, 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 so I'd like to see Lewis lose a bit, a little bit of weight. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I think he, he'd do better uh, if, if, you know. You know, you're coming into a fight at 280. Um, it's, uh, I, I think that's just too big. It takes too much oxygen to move that much weight around. Um, and, and I don't think you're gaining uh, enough power to make, make that much more weight worthwhile. Yeah, that always has been um, kind of, a, you know, the knock on Derek Lewis is his cardio um, and, uh, his grappling. And I, I, I agree with you. I think, um, like I said, again, same thing with, uh, even off easier said than done and sitting here in my chair, Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. easy to say, Oh yeah, you know, just drop, drop a couple of pounds. Things will be a lot easier for you. If yeah. I think I, I get that. I understand that, but I just, you know, seriously, um, from an outside perspective, I, I agree with you. I think that if, um, Derek Lewis were to lose some of that weight. Um, he's never making 205. I'm not making that argument, but um, coming in as a lighter heavyweight, I think would be to his advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I want to see him down a natural weight of 250, 260 or so. Mm-hmm. I think I think he'd do a lot better. Now that's still a big heavyweight, you know. I mean, oh, yeah. got heavyweights coming in at fighting at you know 230. Uh, you know, you should still still have a, a pretty good weight advantage at that, but I, I think they do better. Uh, my ideal heavyweight is around 240. I think uh, I, I mm-hmm. like to see him in there. So, what do you think's next for Dos Santos? He's moving up to number three in the rankings. Is is Dos Santos really back? It, it appears that way, and um, it's tough with uh, you know heavyweights because they being bigger fighters they're more susceptible to a knockout because, you know, especially when two guys go in there and throwing caution to the wind. Um, but it looks like that's the type of fight that is next for him. Um, he, he said, you know, they, he and uh, Francis Nagano uh, should have fought in the past. I don't recall what happened, but that fight never materialized. Um, I, I, I don't recall if that's when Dos Anjos uh, got popped 
um, for PEDs or not. Um, but that, that'd be a hell of a fight that I like to see. And I think a lot of fans are with me. They'd like to see that fight. Um, I don't know what Cormier is doing. Um, I, I know that he's injured and I think it's, uh, they're kind of sitting around waiting what happens with Brock Lesnar. Um, cause they want that fight to kind of, you know, have is Cormier's, uh, riding off into the sunset, um, big money fight. Um, so we'll see. I think it's uh, next up for Dos Santos. Uh, like I said, is a number one contender fight with uh, Francis Nagano. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd like to see that. I, I uh, maybe I, I don't want to uh, you know show show my cards too early on that, but I'm I'm thinking uh, Nagano is going to win that. Uh, I still don't think uh, Dos Santos is uh, you know he. I don't think he has the chin for it. Um, he, he stood up to Lewis, but I don't know that Lewis really connected uh, through the fight. And even so, he still kind of uh, knocked him out, or not knocked him out, but knocked him around a little bit. Like I said, that one was back and forth, I thought. And um, I, and Dos Santos, is is uh, he's got uh, some jujitsu, but he doesn't ever use it. He wants to fight. Mm-hmm. He wants to stand up. And that's exactly what uh, Nagano wants. And uh, if, if Dos Santos does that, I think uh, he's going to have a short night. But we'll see if that if that one comes together. Well, uh, but I'll, I'll save any more of my powder. I guess uh, I, I probably just used it all. So you know where <laughs> I stand if he comes uh, if this fight gets put together. I do want to see it though. But uh, I, I and I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Nagano is a, a scary fight for anybody. I think if you're going to beat him, you got to take the steepy uh, Miocic route and take him down. Uh, although Kane tried that, and you know, it was an early night for Kane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what do you think next for Lewis? Lewis, um, very good question. I, I, time off. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, he just, you know, he don't forget the fight right before this. He just, um, on relatively short notice, um, took on, uh, Daniel Cormier for, uh, the heavyweight championship. So, um, you know, uh, I don't know, probably, <clears throat> excuse me. These guys were both, um, right around each other in the rankings. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't see him uh, right now fighting anyone um, ahead of him on the list. I mean, maybe uh, match against Stipe, although I, I think Stipe's not settling for anything less than a title fight, rightfully so. That may be a mistake. Um, but there's a, a Tuivasa out there. I think the next fight that uh, Derek Lewis has is likely another um, stand up and bang type of fight, type of fighter, and likely someone who's who's ranked uh, behind him after dropping two in a row. Yeah. All right. We'll wait and see on that one. So, well, let's look forward now. Coming up this weekend, a UFC Fight Night 147. Look at the main card on that. The first up is going to be Nathaniel Wood versus Jose Alberto Quinones. 
And um, this one, I'll point out, has uh, a fighter who um, qualifies for your golden rule. Uh, never pick uh, a fighter who has, hasn't been active and hasn't fought uh, within the last year, the last calendar year. Um, and uh, Jose Alberto uh, Quinones. Um, but looking at his last five fights, that's kind of his M.O. once a year. I mean, he had a fight in 2014, then his next one was in 2015, then 2016, 2017, 2018. So um, he may be someone who's not as susceptible to that rule because uh, it, it seems uh, that he's and he's on a four-fight win streak um, fighting once a year. Um, however, I am going to go with the more active uh, fighter. I'm picking Woods um, to win this. Um, looking at their record and watching their fights, what is a finisher? Um, he, he finishes uh, more of his fights via TKO and submission um, than uh, uh, Quinones does, even though he does have uh, finishes. Um, the majority of his wins have come um, by way of decision. And uh, like I said, I, I, I like your golden rule. Um, uh, Woods has been more active. Um, he's a finisher. And I think he's faced a little bit uh, stiffer of the competition of the two. Yeah, uh, I, I think yeah, at the risk of us going down the same path again, uh, but <laughs> I'm going to have to back that one as well. Um, you, you've got the guy who's more active. I like that. Um, the guy who is a finisher over the guy who gets most of his wins by decision in Quinones. Um so I, b- between those, uh, I'm going to go with Wood uh, to, to win this one. And I'm going to say he's going to get a stoppage in round two. Okay, stoppage in round two. I'm going, going for the bold prediction on that one. You're doing the McGregor prediction. Not only <laughs> picking the method, you're picking the round. <laughs> That's right. All right. Okay, so next up on the night. Ozdemir, Volkan Ozdemir versus Dominic Reyes. And this is, it's going to be kind of a theme for me in these fights. Um, I think uh, not necessarily the um, who's fought more recently or someone who's had a year layoff, but I think in all these fights and looking at them and analyzing them that there's somebody, uh, there's a fighter in the fight who's faced, in my opinion, clearly the tougher competition, um, Uzdemir is that fighter, um, in this fight, even though he, he is coming off of two losses. Um, one of those being, um, against Daniel Cormier for the light heavyweight championship. Um, Reyes is the bigger fighter. He's got a longer reach. He's undefeated. Um, but like I said, the theme for me kind of tonight is Uzdemir. I feel has, uh, faced the stiffer competition. Um, um, I'm going with Uzdemir. And uh, to kind of echo my uh, pick and or in the uh, first fight here, I'm, I'm also going to go with a, a stoppage. Oh, you're going to stoppage. Are you going to pick a round? I think he comes off, uh, comes out hot out the gates, and uh, I, I can see a first round stoppage in this. Um, it's just, I mean, he he. Like I said, his, his he did lose to Daniel Cormier a couple of fights ago by TKO. Uh, his his fight after that, his last fight was against Anthony Smith. 
um, where I think he was getting the better of Anthony Smith, and then Anthony Smith kind of woke up and um, in that fight, and he he got the stoppage. He submitted uh, um, Uzmadir, uh, Uzdemir, excuse me, uh, by rear naked choke. But um, yeah, I just think he's he's been in there. Um, with the better competition, uh, he is coming off of two losses, kind of back against the wall. Um, I'll, I'll go with the first round stoppage. Oh, wow. Bold. Okay. So I think, uh, finally we're, we're going to, uh, go, uh, different ways on this one. I like Dominic Reyes on this one. I like the bigger fighter in this case. I like the longer reach. I like that. Um, it, although I can agree, you agree with you that, uh, it was, uh, Ozdemir had some, some more quality fights, uh, more experience. He, he has lost to, to those quality fighters. So, um, you know, Dominic Reyes, has, they both have wins over St. Pru, um, but, uh, and both of them went to the decision and uh, those. So maybe that, that's not a, a you know, big indicator. But the fact that, that Ozdemir is coming off those losses. Uh, and, and Reyes is uh, is bigger, and um, uh, I, I'm yeah. I, I think uh, with the longer reach, I'm, I'm going to go with Reyes on this. Okay, All so right. we're not we're not going to uh, repeat our uh, our last podcast where we went <laughs> right down the line. No, we are going. And Reyes, are you are you predicting stoppage or decision or? Ooh. Um, you know, I I don't uh, I don't have the 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 is it the faith in the fighter or is it my personal courage to to put my put myself out there for? The, I'd say the, you're just not feeling the, the mojo. Yeah, maybe I'm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> feeling. Yeah, because I'm I'm looking here um, at at the way he finishes fights um you know he's got six tko wins he's got a couple submissions only a couple decisions he he does seem to like uh do uh, he fa- favors the stoppage um and Uzdemir's coming off um I, let's just say i hope it's not a decision um in, in this one and you know we're looking at light heavyweights so we're talking Guys who who've got some power, right? Mm-hmm. So um, let me, let me see. I, I won't go out on the limb this one. I'll just say I hope I I hope that it's a a uh, convincing uh, stoppage rather than uh, I'm not putting money on on the decision in this case. Okay, uh-huh. fair enough, fair enough. And yeah, two two guys who are um, right there, uh, number seven and number eight in the rankings. So. Um, yeah. This uh, this could be the winner of this fight. Could see a, a significant jump into, up into the you know, you know possibly a you know a, a number one contender fight away for fighting for the belt. Yeah, that would that would be good. We need some. I think we need some competition up there. Uh, some need excitement. Some fresh blood to feed to John Jones. Fresh That's exactly. <laughs> Who wants to be the next victim? Right. <laughs> All right. So coming up after that fight, we're looking at a welterweight match with Leon Edwards and Gunnar Nelson. Yeah, and this uh, I think this is gonna be a pretty good fight. I think this fight goes to decision. Um I kind of felt like Mike Goldberg when I was looking at the statistics in this fight for each fighter, because I was going down the line, I'm like, this is virtually identical. 
I mean, you're looking at it. Both guys are, you know, around um, uh, as far as their record. Um, excuse me. Um, around the same height, close to the same reach. Um, and uh, on Edwards is 16 and three. Uh, Gunnar Nelson 17, three and one. The big thing that uh, jumped out at me is the majority of uh, Gunnar Nelson's dis- uh, I'm sorry, Gunnar Nelson's wins come by way of submission. Um, so I think that he, I, I mean, he's got more submission or wins by submission than Leon Edwards has um, wins by stoppages combined. Um, Leon has three TKOs. I'm sorry, six TKOs, three submissions. Gunnar Nelson has 13 submissions. Um, so I I think this goes to decision, though. I think this is a, a, a good fight. I think this is a fairly close fight. Um, but I, I see that I see Gunnar Nelson coming out ahead and under on top on this one. Uh, I, as much as it pains me, I'm going to have to agree with you on this one. No. I'm, I'm going with the, the submission fighter who's going to negate the uh, power of Edwards. Uh, and you know, not, not to say that uh, a welterweight has overwhelming power, but um, that yeah, that's the way I, I see this one. Probably this is my vote for boring fight of the night. Mm. It, could, it, it could be. It could... Um... It could definitely shape up that way. Um, I think, again, like I said, sticking with my kind of theme of the night, um, I, I give the nod to Gunnar in this one because just looking at it, I think that he's overall faced the tougher competition. Um, I, he's faced the more. And that doesn't always mean that the fighter who's faced the tougher competition is going to come out ahead. Um, you know, you, you have up-and-comers, you know, this, they finally get a ranked fighter and, um, go right past them. They just need that opportunity and, uh, take advantage of it. But, um, could be, definitely could happen for, for Leon Edwards. But like I said, I just see, um, I I think Gunnar Nelson has more ways to control this fight, um, with the grappling. And, um, I think, you know, if he gets in any danger, I don't see Leon Edwards coming out right out the gate and blowing him out of the water. I think if he does get in danger, if he does get rocked, he's able to take it to the ground, at least control him, um, take it to the ground and possibly submit, submit him. So, um, like I said, just to, just the experience with the better fighters, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, uh, like I said, give this one to Gunnar Nelson. Yeah, I, I, I think it's going that way too. All right. So then we've got, after that, Darren Till and Jorge Masvidal. And uh, going from your prediction for boring fight of the night, uh, this one could potentially be fight of the year. Um, Both of these guys coming off of losses, uh, Till uh, just lost to Tyron Woodley in the title fight. Uh, Masvidal uh, coming off of a two-fight uh, losing streak to uh, Stephen Thompson and Damian Maya, um, both decision losses. Um, but I mean, these are two guys who I think are going to meet in the center of the ring and get after it. Uh, golden rule, your golden rule uh, comes to play in this fight as uh, Masvidal hasn't fought since 2017, November, I believe. 
Um, but like I said, these are two guys that I think are going to meet in the middle. They're both kind of kind of brawlers or have that brawling instinct. Uh, they're both game opponents and um, both really tough guys. I think um, Till being the more active fighter recently uh, um, gets the this uh, gets the nod in this one for me at least. Um, and I win by decision. But I think this is going to be one of those fights that um, at the end of it, you're looking and saying, how did, you know, how are these, <laughs> how are both of these guys still standing with, you know, the punishment that they dished out and that they absorbed? Um, I, like I said, this to me has potential fight of the year written all over it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I like that. Um, I'm, I'm going to go for till on this also. I'm concerned about the wear and tear on Masvidal. He's had a lot of fights, um, and uh, and you've got somebody who, who they're going to sit there and and trade with each other. Um, I I would also guess that this is going to go by decision as well, uh, but I, I think Till's going to get the nod in the end. Yeah, and um, this is one. Sticking with my theme of the competition, I think Jorge um, has definitely faced a tougher competition. Although recently, uh, their their opponents have been pretty... I mean, they have common opponents. They both, uh, within their last five fights, fought Donald Cerrone. Uh, they both, within their last fights, fought uh, Stephen Thompson. Um, and, it, like I said, I mean, even though Jorge significant, has significantly more fights... Um, than Darren Till does, and I, like I said, think he's faced a tougher competition overall. I, I just think, um, you know, not fighting since 2017, um, and, and they're both bigger um, welterweights, but I think Darren Till is, is, is a bigger, bigger welterweight. Um, mm-hmm. Probably soon should be fighting at middleweight. Um, so, you know... We'll see, but I, just, I, you know, like I said, I think yeah. I think this is going to be a great fight, an awesome fight. They're going to meet in the center and uh, throw caution to the wind, but I think at the end, Darren Till gets his hand raised. All right. Well, our picks are officially in. We've got the the preview set, and so we will see once again how we stack up and how the fighters stack up in UFC Fight Night 147. And this, uh, remember, guys, is one of those weird ones overseas, so you can catch it on ESPN+. Plus. Um, but it's going to be on in the afternoon. It uh, starts at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so don't flip on your TV. I'm sure they'll replay it, but uh, you'll be seeing a replay of the fights if you want to catch them live at 1 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN+. Plus. All right. Okay, so uh, that's going to be it for us for this show. We'll be back next week to take a look at how that all panned out. And uh, thanks for listening to Fight Stripe. I'm Jason. I'm Kevin. And have a good one. Stay away from cyclone bombs by any means necessary. <laughs>